0: We are at chapter 14, verse 9. This is a fourth section of Parshas Korach. And what we just experienced yesterday is somewhat shocking because the Jewish people have just seen this incredible miracle of Korach and his people and Datanaviram being swallowed by the earth. A amazing Hollywood feat that you would think the Jewish people would finally say, Okay, Moses, we got it. God is in charge. We're ready to listen. But no, they start complaining again, and they say to Moses, Atem, and Aaron, they say, Atem Hamitem et you have killed the people of God. The Rebbe points out that they use the same kind of language, a populist language, by saying the people of God. This was similar to what Korach was saying, and therefore it was clear that they had not gotten the message. So let's see what happens. Verse 9, God says to Moses, saying, meaning he should tell the others as well. Stand aside from this congregation. Heiroimu. Heiroimu literally means lift yourself up from amongst this assembly. And I will consume them, kiroga in an instant, as we had yesterday. The same word, rega. In modern Hebrew, you have rega, rega. Hold on a second. Vayiplu al him. Moses and Aaron, they just fall on their faces. And what does it mean they fall on their faces? They have nothing to say. They have no prayer they're without a prayer because there's just no way to, to excuse what what's happening here with the Jewish people still um, not getting the point. So they just fall on their faces. However, Moshe does have something which Rashi will tell us. Ironically, he got this from the angel of death, this idea, where he had a means to save the people. And as and Ramban points out, Nachmanis points out, when God is telling them this, it's clear that it's that they should do something about it. In other words, it's not that God is, God forbid, this angry God, and Moshe is calming him down. I mean, that's that's a very, um, you know, very superficial way of reading it. Clearly, if God is telling Moshe about what's going to happen, it's as if to say it's a cue for Moshe to do something about it. In other words, God is expressing the attribute of justice. This is what should happen by justice, and. Encouraging Moses to do something, either to pray, or in this case, to take the incense, which is going to save the people. So Moshe says to Aaron, take a pan, put fire upon it, and take the fire from the mizbeach, from the altar, and you should put incense upon it, go quickly, meheira to the people, and atone for them with this incense. Why? The wrath has gone forth from before God. The plague has already begun. People are already dying. And as we'll see, 14,700 people will die in this plague. But Moshe and Aaron will do their best to try to stop the plague Says Rashi, This secret, Roz, was given to Moshe by the angel of death when Moshe went up to heaven. Moshe went up to heaven to receive the Torah. We know that the angels didn't have an easy time with that. They were trying to keep the Torah in heaven. And Moshe very eloquently spoke for the idea that it should come to earth, to the Jewish people. And the angels were impressed. They gave him presents. What was the present that the angel of death gave to Moses? It was this idea, shahak It was a secret that katoris, the incense, can stop a magifa, could stop a plague, as we study in Mesechet Shabbat in, in the Talmud tractate Shabbat, page ninety nine. I don't see it in um, in this Rashi here. Okay, it comes later. Okay. Um, yeah, verse 12, So Aaron takes, as Moses spoke, now these seem to be some extra words, Um, uh, um, it would be obvious that he was doing what Moshe told him, the Or Hachaim, Rebbe Chaim ibn Atar explains, and he says that Moshe was really commanding him to do something that was extra legal, it was not really, it's not really condoned by the Torah, to take incense to do incense outside of the temple, and to just do it out in the in the camp, so Moshe was telling him to do something that was not in accordance with the Torah. And so, according to Orachim, the way he interprets it, this is a case where we know that a prophet is able to override Torah law on a temporary basis. This is a, we talked about this on Shavuos night that. Um, you know, unless he's saying to worship idols or unless he's saying this mitzvah is abolished forever, if it's a temporary thing, if he says today, just today, or for a certain amount of time, such and such, he can abolish a mitzvah, change the rules. And the classic example, is Elijah on the Mount Carmel when the with the showdown between the prophets of the Baal, prophets of the idol Baal and Eliyahu. He was offering sacrifices outside the temple. Or Haim says this is a similar thing and that's why it says, Moshe. Moshe as a prophet is able to tell Aharon, go and do the ketoret outside of the temple, even though typically that is not allowed. So he runs out into the midst of the assembly. So he's, he's, uh, he has this attribute of alacrity, he's not taking his time. He wants to save uh, as many people as he can. Indeed, the plague had begun among the people. So he places the incense upon the pan. by He atones for the people. And he stands, verse 13, between the dead and between the living. And the magefa stops. Magefa is the plague. Rashi has a very interesting story here, backstory. He says, what does it mean he stood between the dead and the living? He says, Aaron grabbed the angel of death and he's holding him back. And the malach, the angel says to him, leave me to do my my mission. I am on a mission from God. You can't stop me. Let me go. This is reminiscent, by the way, when we learned about the splitting of the sea, where Moshe says the sea should split. The sea says, hey, I'm on a mission. God told me water to flow from the beginning of creation can't tell me to do something different. So we have a clash between uh, God's servants. So what does Aaron say to the angel of death? He says, Moshe commanded me to stop you. You're telling me Moshe told you to stop you. I am the messenger of God himself, of the omnipresent. And you are merely the angel of Moshe. So who should listen to who? So Aaron says, Moshe Moshe doesn't say anything from his own heart. Meaning he doesn't make stuff up. Everything he says comes from God. So if he told me to stop you, that means that God is on board with that. And interestingly, um, this is kind of the theme of the whole Parsha, which is, is Moshe making stuff up? Is he saying that Aaron should be the high priest? And this one should be the leader of the of the of the the, the point of the whole parsha is that everything that Moshe says is coming from God. And this even the even the angel of death has to hear it, and he hears it from from Aaron. And so Aaron continues. He says, "If you don't believe me, that this is what God wants." God and Moshe are at the entrance of the of the tabernacle. Boy, imi, come with me, Ushaal, and we will ask. And that's what it means. Rashi tells us at the end of the Aliyah, where it says, Aaron returned to Moshe. We're going to jump ahead to verse 15. It says, Aaron returned to Moses at the entrance of the tent of meeting, and the plague was checked. Why? What is this What is this verse saying? According to Rashi, this means that he returned to Moses with the angel of death. He said, hey, come on, let's go ask Moshe and God and see what the story is. And God indeed confirms, yes, angel of death, you can go. Uh, the, the plague is supposed to be stopped. Rashi gives a second explanation. He says, So, Why did Moses choose the Ketaris? So, the first interpretation, as we learned, is this was the trick, the secret that he learned from the Malachamavis, the angel of death, while he was up in heaven. But Rashi gives a different interpretation, a secondary interpretation, of why he would choose the incense. And it says as follows Lafisha, this was really a PR move. Why used to all the Jewish people were really slandering and vilifying the incense. And they were saying, this thing is a poison. This thing is deadly. Why? Because it was through the incense that Nadav and the two sons of Aaron, that they died. And it was through the incense that the 250 people were killed. So God says, you should see that really the incense is like a nuclear energy. If you misuse it, is dangerous, but if you use it properly, not only is it not dangerous, it can stop a plague, so it's not the incense that is killing, but the sin, the sinfulness of those who are misusing it, that is what kills. However, before Aaron was able to get out there, there was... Um, in the plague, there were they were our people who died, in addition to all those who died because of the matter of Koirah. and returned to to the entrance of the and the plague stopped. I'm gonna to jump to uh, another two minutes. We started late. I'm gonna to jump to tomorrow's. I think I hit the wrong button, though. Jump to tomorrow's session. Get a head start. Okay. So in this, this section, which is Hamishi, fifth section, God is going to tell Moses to do something to make a sign that Aaron, indeed, is the chosen one. And there's a question, why is this necessary? It seems to be obvious at this point, but it's being reinforced and also will tell us why indeed Aaron is chosen so God says to Moses saying speak to the Jewish people and take from them from each one of the tribes one stick a staff a lifeless staff 12 ish and write the name of each tribe on their staff the, one of the commentators points out that the reason it was they, that he was saying, it should be taken from them. Moshe shouldn't be the ones providing the staffs because it was going to be a sign that God had chosen um, Aaron's staff. They shouldn't say, oh, you chose the staffs. And so you chose a staff that would work better for Aaron. No, you bring me the staff, you choose the staff, and we'll see which one is going to have a miraculous phenomenon. Verse 18, the name of Aaron should be written on a staff for Levi. Now here we have a question, was this a 13th staff or was this one of the 12s? The commentators, Ramban, Ibn Ezra, they both say and others say that there were a total of 12. And in verse 18, the Torah is just talking about the tribe of Levi and that Aaron's name would be written on the staff of the tribe of Levi, but among the 12. And that, and the reason it's not 13 is because they say the two tribes that are part of the tribe of Yosef, Ephraim and Manasseh, they had one one staff to represent them both. However, Rashi doesn't comment on it. And the Rebbe's understanding of it is that according to Rashi, in fact, this was a 13th staff, the staff of Aharon. And what should you do with these staffs? You should put them in the Ohel Moed in front of the Ark of Testimony. And it will be that the person that I choose, Matehu Yifroch, his staff is going to blossom and thereby I will remove from myself I will calm, calm uh, the complaints of the Jewish people that they are complaining against you and Moshe says to the children of Israel and indeed they did this each one gave a staff so you have 12 as and in addition the the staff of Aaron was was among their amidst their staffs so Rashi says why, what does it mean amidst it doesn't mean just among it means literally really amidst that he put it in the middle. So no one would say, oh, you put Aaron's closer to the Holy, to the to the Holy of Holies, to the side of the Divine Presence, and that's why it sprouted miraculously. No, he put it right in the middle. Verse 22, so he places all of these in front of God, and the next day, Moshe comes to the Oledus, and behold, the staff of Aharon had sprouted to the house of Levi, it gave forth blossoms, Perach, a flower. It sprouted buds and it produced, it developed ripe almonds. I'm going to pause here and um, look at Rashi and then we'll pause. Rashi says, Why is it Dafka? Why, why specifically almonds? Rashi says, That the The almonds are the fruits that blossom quicker than any other fruit, and so why is that? Why is that relevant? It's relevant because somebody who who um, makes complaints about the kahuna, about the or opposes the the priest the priesthood and says, oh, I want to be the priest. You know, this is not right. How, why did they get it? Purunosimamaheraslave, the punishment for that comes quickly, as we see with Uzziah, which Rachi has already mentioned, when he said that tzaras, leprosy, is the punishment for somebody who makes questions about the kahuna, we see there by Uzziah was a king and wanted to be wanted to act like a Kohen that he got the tzaras on his forehead. This happened very quickly. So um, I'll just share... There's so much to share on this, but I want to share this idea of, of swiftness. So in Hasidus, it says that, you know, the Kohenim, their job, one of their jobs is to bless the Jewish people. And they do that on, on the holidays. And what is explained in Hasidus is that typically when a blessing is brought into the world, there there, are, there is a, a chain of uh, roadblocks, let's say, where even though the blessing has been issued from on high, the funds have been put into an account, so to speak. It has to actually make it into this world. And on each, each level, there's questions. Is are we deserving? Are we not deserving? And when the blessing comes from the coin, it's like a diplomatic immunity. It goes through all of those roadblocks swiftly. That's the idea of, of, the, of the almonds. This idea that, that the blessing of the coin comes swiftly without and, and, and unblocked. Now, why is this? Why, how do we merit that? So I mentioned that the reason why God is showing this this uh, this miracle with the almonds is also to show why Aharon was chosen. And Klee Akar, one of the commentators, he points out that a staff is a lifeless thing, right? And he says it could be also a metaphor for a person who seems like is lifeless. He doesn't have any merit. He doesn't have the wa- the, the, the water, the moisture that represents the Torah and the mitzvahs. And the way the Rebbe interpreted it was that Aharon, he had the ability to see potential in where others saw lifelessness and another person is oh this person is too far gone he's a loser he's he's no hope these people are in a dispute it'll never change no Aaron always saw the life the potential everywhere and that was represented by the fact that a lifeless stick suddenly was growing fruits and that also reinforced to the people that Aaron was chosen for it but also he has the the, uh, character to be the person who is the representative of the Jewish people in the Beit HaMikdash. Well, that concludes our fourth section and a little bit of number five, and tomorrow we'll continue with the rest of five.